I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. And with us today, uh, I think the doc's still out on uh, house, house calls. calls yeah. Is that what's happening? Yeah. So we are uh, a lighter staff today. I'm looking at you, Jeff. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, anyways, we've got the producer, yeah. Joe. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. And sound guy, Tom. Check one, two, check one, two. We are friends who love good beer and telling stories, so we turned it into a podcast. And I'm going to say, hey, today marks it. We are actually a podcast in a real podcast studio. So, what are we calling this one? This is uh, Studio Two. Yeah, Studio. This needs to be Studio One yeah, or Studio A. Right. Studio <laughs> this, this One. Is, this is legit. I, I was actually trying to think back of how many studios we've had. If you call all the places yeah, we podcast us, yeah, yeah. uh, and and I think we're probably in about our fifth or sixth location now, but definitely the best one we've ever we, been. We've in. had studio around Tom's kitchen table, yep. around yeah. your backyard table, right? Joe's table, right? Yep. My table once or twice, but our birds too damn loud. Yeah, yeah. I think but, Doc's table once too. Didn't we do? Yeah. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Shark Week. So, Shark but this week. is actually a podcast studio, a legitimate yes. studio. We've made it. Pictures yeah. to come. That's right. They'll be posted. Teachers by day, beer drinkers by night, and apparently professional podcasters by evening as well. And we are lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, California, beer mecca within a beer mecca. Please pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and join us. I'll say this first, before, just to cut you off. I'm maintaining my amateur status at this point as a podcaster. I have not received any money yet from uh, <laughs> any sources, so my amateur status is good. Have you received free beer? I did receive. That's ooh, a that, form of yeah. payment. Oh, it so, is a form okay, of sorry. Yeah. So my Olympic uh, hopes and dreams are, are dead as an Olympic podcaster. Yeah, yeah but not okay. the NCAA anymore. Uh, that's true. I can sell my NIL and uh, make some money there. There you go. We're getting back to our roots. You know, we, we talked to Jim Johnson over at Ballast Point, and we've talked to – the crew over there at Bear Roots a couple times, and people are rethinking what do they look like after COVID, how to put their breweries back together, their venues back together, and we're doing a little bit as well. We're getting back to our San Diego craft beer roots and the scene around here and the stories that go with those beers. And, of course, uh, please find and follow us on social media where you can check out what we're doing uh, at I Like Beer, the podcast on Instagram and Facebook. I Like Beer, the Po one, and I Like Beer, the Ta one on Twitter. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe. Give us five stars, comment, whatever else you'd like to do there. And uh, check out our website. Learn more about us, ilikebeerthepodcast.com. You want to join the over 1,700 followers on Instagram. You don't want to be left out. That's true. If you're listening to this and you're left out, come join us. And the next installment of our quarterly newsletter, in the making, almost done. So if you go to the website, you can sign up for the newsletter. It's going to have Joe's top 10 beers with qualifiers, claimers and disclaimers. And it's going to have an article about Talents Home Brewing. And we can give an update on those brews you teased last week, the Honey Ale and the Mango Wheat, gentlemen. We, we got to try them. Two thumbs up. Yes, they were fantastic. The uh, Honey Ale was fantastic, and the Mango Wheat was through the roof. Yep. Great Appreciate job, it. Talent. No, they came out really nice. I enjoyed drinking them. I keep going back and forth on which one's my favorite. It's pretty much whichever one's in my glass. I think heat of the day, have yeah. that, that, that mango. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. as the evening cools off, switch to the Honey Ale. There you go. Problem solved. This this is the right kind of problem to have. You got a pretty good batting average going right you now, do. talent. 
Yep. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Also, make sure, though, if you if you can't get a hold of those, you can virtually drink and toast with us on Untapped. Uh, easy to find. Just look for all of us under I Like Beer, the podcast. If Doc was here, he'd want to know what we're drinking. That's true. Two beers tonight come from two of the founding fathers of not only San Diego craft beer, but of founding fathers of craft beer everywhere, Carl Strauss Brewing and Ballast Point Brewing. And so you told me to take a look. I, I wanted to talk about Carl Strauss real quick, both of them, just from a standpoint of, you know, if you're listening to us and you're thinking of places to visit, you know, we oftentimes, you know, or people come up and they'll look up and see where do you got to go. Um, if you're coming to San Diego, there's some key ones that you need to go because these were such critical breweries, not only in our scene, but I think the scene across the country, really, in, in, in making craft beer what it is today. Start off with Carl Strauss. This one was officially founded back in 1989 and is actually the oldest surviving craft brewery in San Diego. It's got a very inter- interesting backstory. I'll, I'll condense it down, you know, but these two guys in 1988, you know, wanted to uh, start a brewery. And one of them just happened to have a cousin who was a master brewer, Carl Strauss, who had worked for Paps Brewing Company. And he agreed to help them uh, set themselves up and uh, gave him his library of hundreds of beer recipes. And I guess the uh, rest is history there. So if you come here to San Diego, you can find them. They're, they have 11 brew pub locations across Southern California and many in, in San Diego. In fact, I just went to one on Saturday, uh, the one in Scripps Ranch. And uh, the nice part about them is you know you're going to get a good meal as well. Um, Great beers, good food. Um, Their main brewery is in Pacific Beach. And uh, they also distribute it all throughout California. And then just as a little side note, just so you guys know, uh, 2016, they were declared the midsize brewery of the year at the Great American Beer Festival. So like I said, one of the original founders, their beers are great, food's great. Um, Highly recommend if you're coming to San Diego uh, check it out, or if you're just looking at a place to get back out to, that's um, a good place to go, you know. And then the other one, obviously, is is one of the giants, Ballast Point Brewing, um, kind of helped launch the San Diego craft scene, uh, founded in 1996. The one I think it's cool about this one is how this was founded in the back of Home Brew Mart, which still exists right. this day, um, and it was uh, founded by Jack White. He started this home brew supply store back in 1992, and then they started making beer out of the back of it, and that's where Ballast Point was founded. And the big game changer for them was uh, in 2005 when they combined two different homebrew recipes. And what did they come up with? Sculpin IPA, which I think changed, uh, you know, probably along with Arrogant Bastard from Stone, really changed the IPA scene. 2010, they were champion small brewery at the World uh, Beer Cup. And again, facilities all over the place. Uh, main production facilities in Miramar, where we were um, a week ago, but also has brewery locations, San Diego's Little Italy. So if you're flying in, it's right there by the airport. It's a great place to st- stop in. Uh, they have a Scripps Ranch location, and uh, you can always go to the original Home Brew Mart location, which is one of my favorites just because a lot of times they have the R&D beers there as well, and they have a cool little tasting room. And then uh, they even have a location in downtown Disney, so if you're coming with the kids and need to go uh, <laughs> spend a day at Disneyland, you can uh, <laughs> head down to downtown Disney yeah. with the family and uh, get some ballast point there. So uh, two great breweries, and like I said, uh, huge breweries in terms of uh, the impact that they've had on the, the local scene, but also I think a, a much larger scale in terms of what they've done for the craft beer in, in the United States. When we were meeting with Jim over at uh, Miramar, new general manager there, he talked about how difficult when COVID first hit, the decision to keep Home Brew Mart open or closed, and and you know he said it best. He said keeping that open that is the heart and soul, yeah, of Ballast Point that Brewing, his, and it had to quote. stay open. Yeah, that's cool. He basically said most of the time he was the one guy there keeping it open. So yeah, 
And you know that from going and getting supplies. I've I've seen him there a few times. In fact, I, <laughs> I, I was telling him the story for me on on um, that was that March thirteenth or whatever that weekend when the there was the weekend where everything was going to shut down here in California, and I was actually coming home from Northern California, and I hit about Anaheim and stopped at Bottle Logic there, and the guy said, "Yeah, we here we may have to close down. We don't know what's going to happen." So we're in Anaheim, and I'm like, "Well." I need to make beer, so we're go- we're going to call Brewmart. So I just blew past uh, North San Diego, drove another forty five minutes down the road, and rolled in there and said, "Please don't close, shut down. I need my ingredients." And and uh, so that was actually the last place I went before, you know, lockdown happened. But luckily, lockdown. they stayed open throughout the whole thing. Our first beer is thanks to our friends at Bell's Point. They sent us home with Longfin Lager, Summer of Loggers. I think we declared. Yeah, we did. Uh, Summer of Carl, also Summer of Loggers. Yep. Uh, traditional Hellas Lager. Brewed with Pilsner malt, as it should be, and it's got some cracker notes, a little bit of... I have this one at my home in the kegerator, so I've been paying close attention to the notes, the subtle notes in it. <laughs> it's a little bit of the peppery hops in there. If you spend enough time looking for it, I certainly have. And But mostly just a clean, crisp, delicious lager, which is harder to do than you'd think, isn't it, Tom? Oh, most definitely. And I, and I think uh, they do a great job with this one. You know, I mean, I think we speak to the choir a lot of times if we're talking to who's talking, but it's, if you take a macro beer versus this, there's no comparison, right? If you want a lager, you want a crisp lager, something that's clean but it's got some flavor, this is a good place to go. And they, they do a real nice job with it. We did have side-by-side side with Keystone we did. last weekend. Yes. <laughs> and we did. We did, yeah, we did say it does beat Keystone by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of this long fin lager? Because I get a whole keg of it, so I hope you're enjoying it. Yeah, it is incredible. Pretty tasty. Yeah. Perfect for summer, I think. I was just yeah. going to say, good time summer's coming. I can find those peppery notes pretty quick. So I, if I could, I think my palate's improving. If I could just for the other, where the other keg fits, if I could just find a mango wheat or a <laughs> strawberry blonde <laughs> yeah. to go in there yeah, right we'll to, next door to it. We'll have to work on that. Yeah, that would just be perfect. Beer in hand, everyone? Beer in hand. Then it's time for toast, roast, and pour one out. A couple beer toasts, uh, bear roots, right here in Vista, right around the corner from our new studio. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That is true. They, By design. Uh, Lou over there invited us for a sit down, so we'll be there this week to sit down with them and hear their story. And we're excited to record that, capture that, and release it soon. So thank you, Bear Roots, because that means return to the field trip for us. That's exciting. That's it. And I got another quick toast, beer related. Dale, friend of the show former Jeff the Year recipient. That's true. Economics professor. Dale and his wife Liz celebrating their marriage, ILB style. We don't usually do shout-outs for wedding anniversaries and birthdays, but this is a little different because they've been listening. And they took our suggestions to heart. Their anniversary celebration, they went on a walking tour of Vista Breweries. Nice. Fantastic. They left home. They went to Pure Project, West Brew, Aztec, five suits, and then kept on walking all the way over to Belching Beaver, five breweries. Then their daughter picked them up and brought them home. That's brilliant. <laughs> you know, they could have called us. We would have probably I yeah. Mean, well, they, on the they, tour. Yeah. it was alone time it for is them. An, it right. is an anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how that's yeah. how you do it. Because people yeah. are always saying, you know, economics professors, they're the romantic ones. Right. <laughs> how do you do it right? That's right. how you do it right, that fellas. Right. I agree. <laughs> best beer of the day. I asked them what was the best beer of the day. 
Planet Nectaron by Five Suits. Uh, no a, surprises on that one. That's a great no, beer. not at all. It said plenty of good beers. He goes, but I don't remember any of the names of them. There are lots of good beers, except for one, and I already knew that what it, that's what it was going to be. Uh, so, congratulations to them. I'm guessing he went home happy. Oh, I'm, how could that be a bad day? That was a yeah. great day. You've had toast, Tell? Nice. Yeah, I'm going to tie up. I know we did 4th of July last week, so I'm just going to tie up 4th of July here and, and, and go over some details about an American hero, an elite athlete, uh, Joey Chestnut. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have heard of this gentleman, but uh, this guy is at the top of his game and uh, maybe the greatest American athlete right now currently. Uh, he defended, not only defended his world championship, uh, he's won it now 14 times in the last 15 years. Total domination. But he broke his own world record last week. He ate 76 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. He beat the second place guy by 26 hot dogs. This guy is a machine. Like I said, I, I honestly, I don't know that there's an athlete in the United States right now that is... is, is he, does, he just doesn't just beat his no. opponent. He, he humiliates yeah, he yeah. humiliates so, so I started looking into Joey Chestnut a little bit because, again, who is this American icon? And I, I found out that he actually has a lot of eating records. So uh, in a toast to him, I'm going to hit a few of these just so you guys can get a, get a you know, what he... He holds a record for apple pies. He ate, I'm going to go, it's 4.375 three-pound pies in eight minutes. So think about that, full apple pies. He ate uh, 14.5 pounds of burritos in 10 minutes. Oh, crazy. Here's, here's <laughs> one for you guys that think uh, you can uh, go out on the wings night. He ate 182 chicken wings in 30 oh minutes. <laughs> donuts, you think you're a big donut eater? This guy ate 55 glazed donuts in 10 minutes. Oh, oh. <laughs> pain, pain. <laughs> There's another one here. This just Because this one just is amazing to me, but hard-boiled eggs. He ate 141 oh, hard-boiled oh, eggs in man. 10 minutes. Oh. 141. Uh, hamburgers, 103. Crystal burgers in eight minutes. Here's one that I don't know how you walk the next day, but Taco Bell tacos. He ate 53 beef soft tacos uh, in 10 oh, minutes. Uh, oh, no. And uh, for those of our fans across the border, uh, poutine, he ate 25.5 pounds of poutine oh. in 10 minutes. Oh. I had a half a bowl on that, and I didn't think I could walk for three days. And finally, the big one, tamales, 102 tamales in 10 minutes. Oh. So there you have it. This guy, unbelievable, elite athlete. I think. I think cheers, so. toast to this guy. I think so, and he's like skinny, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't know what he does the rest of the year, yeah. but this guy's a machine. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. Wow. <laughs> also, <laughs> also gross. Could you get which one of those items? Could you even? Try? I mean, no, you can't even get close to that. Forget right. that. But which one could you say I could eat? I would at least try. At yeah. least, <laughs> it'd be interesting to know. <laughs> Any of those? I'd, I'd go oh for chicken wings gosh. and apple pie. Yeah, yeah, me too. Chicken wings would be mine. That's the only one. But there's no way. 182. Uh, I'd go no, donuts. No, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. donuts. Maybe a couple yeah, of dozen. You know, I, I used to, when I was younger, yeah, donuts. Yeah. I could pound donuts. Now, at my, I don't know. I, I eat a cut two or three donuts, and honestly, it's like I just need to go find a place to curl up into a fetal <laughs> position and wake me up tomorrow because <laughs> it's not happening anymore. All right. Hats off to you. That's Joey right. Chestnut. Yep. American Hero. American Hero. Pounds of poutine in poutine. I, honestly, <laughs> I had never heard of poutine, and I was uh, going to Canada, and I saw, and I go, uh, "Well, I got to try this." And I don't know if you've ever had it. Yeah, it's honestly one of the richest things I've ever it's eaten, crazy. like with the, the cheese curds and all that kind of stuff. And I honestly, I, I think it came like with that, with fries and stuff like that. I couldn't even finish it, and honestly, my stomach hurt for like the next two days. So the fact that that guy ate how many pounds he ate is incredible.
M&M's. I might be able to do M&M's for two yeah, straight. Yeah. That'd be awesome, the number of M&M's. That's a good goal. Yeah. Nanaimo, Nanaimo bars. For Blow me, is 100 plus items. Chocolate chip cookies. I, could, I, can, okay. I, can Thin mints. I can put some chocolate chip Thin cookies mints. away. Yeah. Thin mints, yeah. They're already stacked up in a row for That's you. That's right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> like Pringles. <laughs> Pringles. I like the sound effect. Oh, well, I know Joey Chestnut the next day had to pour one out. What about you? You got to pour one out? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to actually go roast um, to keep the hot dog theme oh, going. Roast. So I'm going to kind of toast roast I was so disgusted by the uh, Joey Chestnut. <laughs> right. this, this is something that Move is actually on. really amazing to me because I, I guess I've always known this, but I didn't really know this. Did you guys know that hot dog buns come in a pack size different? From the number of hot dogs yep. in a pack, of course. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Knows that. Father of the Bride. Yeah, that's Steve where. It, yeah, it's, it's been. But but apparently, I mean, this is a big deal. So Heinz, the company Heinz, has made it its mission to put an end to this madness, and they are saying that it is time to catch up with the times. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> so their quote is that hot dog wieners come in packs of ten, hot dog buns come in packs of eight. Why? So they have started the Heinz Hot Dog Pact. And they're calling on Big Bun and Big Wiener companies to find the answer to this hot dog packaging mix mismatch once and for all. So they started a uh, they launched a petition on Change.org. Uh, it says they've collected more than 500 signatures, but I think it's time for all of us to do our part and let's try and change hot dog history together. I like it. It's, there's no reason. Good goal. No it's reason. Goal. So I don't even need, I don't need a bun. Uh, hey, there you go. Oh, I don't even complicated I don't need a bun. So so you're the two, and I don't yeah, need yeah, ketchup the, you, either. You're, you're for the two. Yeah. Yeah, you have my extra buns. I just okay. I don't need ketchup, some stone ground mustard. Yep. Bell peppers and onions, I'm set. There you go. Not going to do 102 of them, but oh, two or three. Two or three is good. So the madness will end. That's what that's what we're being promised. That's what they're trying. They're trying to to um end the madness. Oh, not with influencers out there advocating for bunless hot dog eating. <laughs> The, the white bread. My friend Tony taught me. The bread gets in the way. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's true. That true. That I got true. bread in a glass right here. Yeah, fair. A long fin lager. Make more room. That's right. Now. Now we can pour one out. Now you got to pour? Now we're here. Yeah, I got to pour one out. You know, it's tough right now. To, uh, there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the news. So it's trying to find something that's maybe a little on the lighter side and not focus on all the, these, these crazy things. But I did find this out. Pour one out for the Avengers. Sorry for all you Marvel fans out there. Um, Robert Downey Jr., guys all may know him as Iron Man. He did the unthinkable, and he suddenly unfollowed all of his fellow Avengers co-stars on Instagram. Hmm. Oh, no, he didn't. He did. And he has some fans that are somewhat touchy on those things. They noticed it and (laughs) lost their minds. And they've lost their minds so much that now that they've gone into a frenzy here and they're trying to, you know, conspiracy theory, what does this mean? Does this mean now that he's done, our Avengers over, everything else? So You know what it, you know what it did? What happened? It reminded me that Robert Downey Jr. is a thing. That is true. <laughs> Maybe that's what he did. Oh, yeah. oh that's Robert right. Downey Jr. is a thing. Yeah, that's a guy. So, anyway. Nicely, nicely done, sir. Yes. yes. So, yeah. I guess when you uh, aren't part of the news, you make yourself part of the you news. You make huh? the news. Yeah. I saw something with it. They were saying we don't want to have too many spoilers for the next marvel and i'm like really yeah really <laughs> no doesn't everyone that goes into those know exactly what's, what's going to happen yeah i mean please ladies and gentlemen this has been toast a roast and pour one out time for another beer and we'd like to thank the team at Carl Strauss for sending us this beer. This is All the Peels IPA. 
not some, but all, not many, not most, all the Peels IPA. And when you put your nose in it, when it's you got, sniff it, it smells like you're putting your nose in a citrus bowl and, of oranges, yeah. doesn't yeah, it? Oh, yeah. no, it's very, very uh, fruity, citrusy. Collab with Rheingeist, which we are lucky enough to have some Rheingeist when uh, Brian Gish, Gishpack, right. send us some Rheingeist. Right. Oktoberfest Rheingeist. Yeah. So here's what they say about it. They say this, all the fruits, uh, all the peels, fruited IPA. Obviously, we just said it's a collab with a Cincinnati brewery. Rheingeist, uh, it's brewed with blood orange, both the peels and the puree, for a fragrant hit of citrus, followed by floral resiny notes from Cascade, Crystal, Columbus, and Chinook hops. True to its name, this beer invites you to peel back the layers and get all up in your feelings, one juicy sip <laughs> at a time. All up in your feelings. All, all up, up in, in your, your feelings. feelings. And I'll tell you, if your feelings involve love of uh, blood orange, yes. this will be your beer. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's you you get definitely get the floral notes and you get a lot of that orange and right off the front taste. It's it's delicious. It does have a little like when you when you eat a, a raw orange and get just a little peel in there. A little, yeah, you totally. It does have a little of that yeah. in there. It's almost like drinking orange juice. If orange juice was better than orange juice, right? If orange juice was beer, it was beer, it would be this <laughs> breakfast beer. This is delicious. No, it, it's it's really good. Nicely done, Carl Strauss and. Rheingeist. What's this weigh in at so I know how fast I can drink it? Yeah, because yeah, it is like drinking juice. 6.5. Okay. All right. All right. I'll drink it my normal yeah, pace. You're fine. You know what I would say? I, I'll be honest with you. I, I just went down, like I said, I was just at Carl Strauss's last weekend. This might be my new favorite IPA from there. Yes. Yeah, this this one's fantastic. I think so. I do too. Usually it's the mosaic for me, but right. I like this better. Yeah, no, it's really, really good. I don't think they had it on tap when I was there, but if they did, I, this would be what I'd be ordering. No, because we got a special release. That's this true. This is in a little early. Maybe by the time we uh, release this podcast, That'd listeners can go out and get it. But this is for special professional podcasters oh, that have a studio people. like we're sitting in. That's true. Yes, true. Yeah. Oh, you know who would love this beer? You know who would go nuts for this beer? I'm going to give one guess. Doc. Doc. Doc would like this He'll beer. never know. He'll That's all right. And what he doesn't know won't hurt him. Yep. So and, we won't tell and he'll never know because he doesn't listen to the show. That's right. <laughs> I was just gonna say, Doc, you need to skip this part. Oh wait, All you're right. not listening. Yeah, I can't wait till he listens to one and then can comment on this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hope in me, though. <laughs> How long have we been waiting? <laughs> well, two years. <laughs> <laughs> we are at two years. Uh, two years, and we're still we doing there. new segments. Yes, That's great. That's it. We're introducing a new segment today. We came we up are. with this about a year and a half ago, but then something called COVID hit, and we had a throw the brakes on it. We wanted to be in person to do it. We have a, some, several guests lined up. Something we came up with a long time ago. It's called This is Around the World With, and we're launching the segment with our own producer, Joe. So this is Around the World With, Producer Joe. Joe, we're starting with you because you yes. are a globe trotter. Yep, one of the most well-traveled people I know. I purport right. to be. Yeah, I think probably the well, most well-traveled person I know for sure. Quick rundown of where you've been. Sure. Although I think Doc might beat me on a uh, number of places been. He's a pretty renowned traveler himself. But uh, you know, after I got out of jail in Mexico, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went on the lamb. Yeah. 
So yeah, my first international experience was Mexico, and just by country, I've uh, I kind of thought through them and. In order of how I visited them, I've been to New Zealand, Australia, Fiji, Italy, Switzerland, Greece, Canada, the BVIs, Tanzania, Russia, Jamaica, Argentina, Brazil, Austria, Czech Republic, Hungary, Slovakia, and Poland. I have also been to Mexico. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, figured, yeah. I went to Canada, too. <laughs> and the BVI. Uh, we're, so, we're so much there. alike. <laughs> It's pretty close to the same thing. Yeah. Everything's pretty much just a different flavor of Mexico. So you guys yeah, have done yeah. it. I wouldn't bother. <laughs> Can I say I've been to Poland? Uh, you have, yes. You say there. Russia and all that. But not yeah, nearly as much as you. Yeah. Not even close. So I noticed my Polish roast didn't make the make the cut oh, for roast. Well, I was leaving it for the, the Polish person to <laughs> make the week, roast of Polish. Because I, I feel like that's like next an week. underlying thing okay. in this thing that we don't roast. Next you're going to roast your own, you roast your own. Okay. You don't <laughs> roast someone else's people, you roast your own. But Joe, read your messages. You have I, a roast will, just sitting there for you. Okay. But that's, a, this is not about TRP. This is about yes, you. This is right. all about you right now. Okay. Uh, you gave us the rundown. Might I say amazing list. Um, very jealous. Uh, envious. Jealous is not the right word. Envious. Favorite places you traveled? I know it's hard to rank them, yeah, but, but yeah. you got some top, you got a top yeah, yeah. three. Like if someone said, yeah. "Well, I'm ready to travel," yeah. start here. I think I have favorite city and favorite hike are things I would uh, I could put a stake in the ground on. So, well, a tie between Prague and Santorini. So, Prague is just a beautiful city. Walking across the St. George Bridge, looking at a cathedral and a castle, and it. This feels like you're in another world. And then Santorini, that, that cauldron, just looking out. You know, you see it on a lot of a lot of movies and being there. It's a place where the kind of built-up expectation doesn't match the experience. It's completely, significantly better when you're there. And, I've, you know, there's a lot of pictures I see where I'm going to go there, and then you're like, eh. <laughs> so, <laughs> It was really good in the movies. Yeah. Where, where did the but, photographer stand uh, to get that shot? Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> but uh, Santorini is more than you see in in the movies and in uh, pictures. And Prague is just a different experience. It's both are epic. I'm going to guess two very different places as well. Yeah, yeah. One, it's funny because uh, I was walking across the bridge at St. Charles and looking up at the the castle and the cathedral. And I'm like, this is absolutely no different than someone in the Middle Ages experienced. And it's epic and it's beautiful. And it's about 11 o'clock at night. And my wife, <laughs> very smart lady, said, I don't think they had all the lighting. Because <laughs> 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 it's totally lit up and epic at night. And uh, I don't If think you were just they... <laughs> burning a witch there instead of the electricity. <laughs> right. It would be exactly <laughs> the same. It doesn't light up as, <laughs> quite as well. So, How yeah. about a place... Uh, that you went, maybe don't regret going there, but once is enough. You got any of those on your list? I have a very specific place. So in New Zealand, uh, hiking the Milford Track, it ends at a place called Sandfly Point. And, and the, na- <laughs> the name says it all. There's a little hut, um, and you you approach the hut, and the sky is gray with sandflies. And sandfly bites, actually, they last for like three to five days, and they itch, and they're the kind of worst thing ever. So yeah, it's exciting to to end the end the hike. You feel like you've really accomplished something, and there's a specific hut there to keep you protected until someone <laughs> can come get you. So yeah, beautiful, epic. I only have to do that one once for sure. 
All right, so we sometimes reference your faith on occasion, but when we talk about you being close to the Pope, we're, we're really not kidding. About yeah, that. that's right. Yeah. So tell us about your visit with Pope Francis. Uh, got him on speed dial. <laughs> 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 no, actually, uh, the experience was pretty amazing. It it was somewhat quick, right? He came in, gave a talk, and it was an amazing talk. And, you know, 500 people line up to shake his hand. So you're a little bit of a, <laughs> a cattle line, you know, of uh, just being pushed through. But it was it was really a profound experience for me, for sure. I think he's an amazing pope. And um, even just shaking his hand, looking him in his eyes. And I I, I think I said, uh, I'm proud of you or something really <laughs> smart like that. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. And uh, I think he felt pretty excited to meet me. To meet you, it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. at night, when he, right before he goes to sleep, yeah. he goes, you know, uh, that guy's proud of I've, me. I felt in his hand, yeah. that, you know, wait, could you stay here a minute yeah. and yeah. talk to me? Yeah, so. and he's proud of me, so yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, two, two questions here sure. about that, just to follow up. How do you get an audience with the Pope? So if you produce a podcast, like I like beer the podcast, <laughs> okay. you call his people and you say, That's hey. how you get it. Okay. Pope is big uh, beer drinker. Pope has a, people. Yeah. I like I'm it. Like, okay. if, if you want to, you know, kind of take a meet, I can see if I can get him all on. Right, all right. All right. Let's do it. Uh, and <laughs> that could be the guest to, uh, of all guests. So. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> not right now. He's getting, he's, he's not ready for beer yet. Yeah. No, no, he just started solid food again. That's so a good let's point. Let's give him a little True. time. That's too. a good point. No, but I have a, a a group called CAP that I'm involved with that has a event there every year. So. Okay. And he typically talks at it and meets the people at it. So nice. So it's all about who you know. Yeah. Being yeah. Catholic yeah. helps. <laughs> and, and you know the Pope. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. right. So what are any protocols or etiquette involved that uh, you had to be aware of? Or like, yeah. <laughs> don't look him in the eye. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. There's no ring kissing anymore, no, or any no. of that. And Kim was worried about her dress. She was told uh, that you had to be in a full length black dress and that just totally wasn't true. Right, <laughs> so right. she, and she was, was not in that. Yeah. And, <laughs> okay. Uh, but it was funny. There is one, uh, there's one clear rule that I saw from, you know, 480 people back or wherever I was. There was a guy <laughs> that was trying to cut lines. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he has, you know, there's probably 15 security guards. And this one guy just kept kind of working around, sliding in. <laughs> and the security guards would just come, grab him out of line, no, no. bring him to the back. and. The line itself, everybody's frustrated. They're like, you know, any other line. <laughs> hey, you're not supposed to. There's a special so, place in hell for line cutters. I, there is. There is. <laughs> and, and I think they took them directly there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but they had no, no particular protocol or anything. There's two security guards eyeball you pretty heavy as you're walking up. There's one on each side, and you feel like maybe uh, I, I got to keep the straight and narrow here for sure. <laughs> straight and narrow. N- nice. Nice. Yeah. Keep yeah. the line straight see, and narrow. See what right. I did there. <laughs> Well, you said you had two questions for him. Well, I did. My first one was, how does one get an audience? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that now. And protocols. And, yeah. and protocols and etiquette. Oh, okay. I was so excited about the line cutter head joke that I, I <laughs> lost track. Lost it. Uh, I was writing it down as you asked. Like, I've nailed this one. <laughs> it's <my big> chance. <laughs> so in all that traveling, I'm, I'm going to guess that this happened. Because in my limited traveling, it's happened. It even happened state to state. Language or cultural barriers uh, that you ran into had to puzzle out along the way? Yeah. Um, I think the most difficult um, experience was in the airport in Russia because everything's in kind of Cyrillic writing and I, I can't read anything and there's lines everywhere trying to get to spaces that I don't know if I'm supposed to be in the right line or not. And uh, there was a pretty high level of stress in that airport. That was probably my Biggest sense of if 
I didn't have a guide or someone to connect with, I would feel really, really lost and really like I, I wouldn't know what the right next step would be, right? <laughs> right. So, but wait, I have a guide, um, and that was on a you know one of our mountaineering hikes. So, he was definitely in control, and it is amazing just watching him because he doesn't speak Russian, but just knowing he does like his fifteenth trip to doing this. So, he was able to navigate us and the lines and keep people at bay and and take us to where we were supposed to be. But any experiences there where you go, oh yeah, I'm in Russia. I've heard a couple yeah. people tell stories about like, and then I knew I was in Russia. Yeah. Um, when we were touring, um, there was this young lady that was our tour guide. And she was talking about when communism ended and how that affected her. And that, you know, kind of just watching her reaction and emotion to looking up at these big palaces and kind of her opinion was before communism, there was leadership in there and then during communism there was a different set of leadership and after communism there's a third set of leadership <laughs> but i don't get to go in those buildings right, you know? right. so anyway she was that was like just hearing someone talk about her experience in communism and that was a oh yeah that's right i'm in i'm in russia so she realized that it's all bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's there's always the people. It's just different people. There's just like different people. Small group in the palace, and the rest of us. Right, telling us I've got the right way to run this. So you got to see her disillusionment and Absol- uh, uh, yeah, absolutely hard on her sleeve. You know. Yeah. All right. So besides Russia, ever get lost anywhere or lose anyone? I think my kind of funniest lost story is in New Zealand, going on to Mount Cook Glacier especially after I was 18 at the time with my mom and her husband and my siblings and didn't know anything about glaciers, didn't know anything about traveling on glaciers. And we basically walked onto a glacier that um, I wouldn't go on as a mountaineer now (laughs) without a guide. Um, And we were just doing a small day hike. And oh my gosh, it was, we're walking past uh, just like areas of ice with big gaps in it which are crevasses that I, I didn't know that, what that was, <laughs> nor how fragile that was. And we're just walking along like American tourists. Nice. You know? <laughs> uh, we did rent crampons, you know, so we had, the, we had the right gear. And then we ended up hiking for the entire day, and we realized we were too far along to get back, and we saw it's literally like a light ahead, so we just went to the light, and it was the base camp for summiting Mount Cook. And hmm. never been, didn't even really know what a base camp was, but so you know, four Hi guys were here. Yeah, so these four like <laughs> American <laughs> day trippers, you know, and these old lady and an old man ish. They're not as old now that I'm nearing their age, but um, <laughs> so we roll in, and the people are like, you know, first, wow, what are you guys doing here? And then their next question is, so you know, what's your destination? What are you? What uh, you know? What's your next um, base camp that you? Go- where are you going after base camp? And we're like, um, we're heading down tomorrow. (laughs) You came to base camp and you're turning around. Uh, Yeah, I'm totally uh, down with that. From from, uh, mountaineering movies I've watched, making it to base camp, tag, touch the door, I'm heading home. So yeah, it was pretty funny. And you mentioned you you didn't understand anything about glaciers. But understanding glaciers is sort of like learning the metric system when we were kids. You know, they said it's so important. Really not important. No, they're going. The metric yeah. system never showed up. Yeah. Glaciers are going away. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, right. not, it's not stuff to out. waste your time on. Right. They're on their way out for sure. 
But yeah, we were in areas that I, I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like any one of us was a step away from death and like <laughs> a horrid death, right? Falling into a crevasse and freezing slowly. <laughs> not good. There's worse, but th- that's not a good one. Yeah. No, that, yeah, that's, true. that's not a good one. Yeah. And you've traveled with family yep. when you were young. You've traveled with your, your own kids. Mm-hmm. What about Talon's question of losing anyone? You ever lose anyone? Um, there's been times <laughs> you wanted to on purpose. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's always my fear with my when my kids were little of, of losing someone. Yeah, I we didn't have I haven't had any real experiences of someone being missing for a significant period of time. We've been pretty lucky that way. My mother used to dress us up in matching red windbreakers so she could pick Perfect. us out of crowds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do some of that for sure. <laughs> and all the all this traveling. We're going to get into more of it soon, but I want to get to the, to the drinking. Sure. Good food and good drink. Yeah. Well, share some memories. Argentina, one of my good memories there is a place, I think it's called 1859, and it was, we had finished the, the summit, so any meal after a summit is just a phenomenal, phenomenal meal. You're back in the real world. You have that sense of accomplishment, but this place was really classic. It felt really gangster basically (laughs) like you drive up and there's guys in suits out there and they're kind of looking around and it's an undisclosed place and it's kind of the the highest end best place that you can get to in Argentina and went in there just had an amazing meal had a a steak that had a bone that was like a brontosaurus bone (laughs) Fred Flintstone (laughs) and Kim's you know Kim's Kim so she wants to take the bone to the stray dogs you know (laughs) so the meal was amazing and then the experience after the meal was fun so kim takes the the bone and thinks she's doing the dogs a favor by giving it to this poor sweet you know (laughs) homeless dog and it's there for about five seconds and then this massive brawl takes (laughs) about 15 dogs just going at it dog fight huge dog fight she always, always wants to take care of the downtrodden. She does. Because I think she smuggled us beers back from the Czech Republic, didn't she? She did, yes. Yes, we, yes. We had a good Czech Republic beer experience. Craziest thing you had to eat out there abroad? I think the craziest food experience is actually at altitude. Things change at altitude in terms of your flavors and what tastes good to you. And things that you eat at sea level don't taste nearly as good. So, like, I gained a interest in sardines, mustard, <laughs> mustard sardines that I never liked before, and then um, experiencing them while summiting. Now I now I actually like them at sea level. So, <laughs> you know, squid ink is is an interesting meal, but not that exotic. I I don't know that I've I've explored. Oh no, squid deeply. Ink. Yeah, exotic. I get that most days for a long. On my way here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, got it at the. Uh, Chick-fil-A over that's there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the 10 pack with, with the what sauce do you want? Oh, yeah. Squid ink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys don't do squid ink with your cereal? No. no. And we're not I like squid ink the podcast. the podcast. We're like I like beer the podcast. Yeah, so best beer you had out abroad. And and maybe it was the beer and maybe it was the experience with the beer. Yeah, that one's easy. So, we spent 2 months in New Zealand when I was 18, just me and my siblings. And it was really ascetic, you know, we <laughs> We didn't eat much. We hiked a lot. You know, our, our experience was about health and nature. And then we landed in Australia. 
And we got this, met this guy named Mick Thompson, who was actually an English guy, but he had an Australian accent. An Australian named Mick? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what yeah, were I the know. odds? I know. <laughs> was his last name Dundee? Yeah, <laughs> pretty close. But so he, uh, he kind of saw us sitting in a restaurant, and we probably looked pretty beat down and hungry. <laughs> he was a sales guy. And so he, he came up to the table. He said, hey, this is my girlfriend, Joe. And how would you guys like some, you know, some food and a place to stay? Which is, they, back then, they did that a lot. Like we had that experience a lot in New Zealand where people just want to take care of you. So we said, sure. And he takes us to his apartment overlooking Coogee Bay. It's a beautiful bay. He points out um, his fridge full of beer. And he said, the best beer in there is that one. And here's all of my food, and here's our CD player, and how you play music. And it was lunchtime, so he said, "I got to go back to work." So, <laughs> turns around, closes the door. Wow. We're in this guy's apartment, you know. Don't know him really from Adam, and uh, and so yeah, I had to try the beer that he pointed out <laughs> was his the best what beer. Rude. And it was called Redback, and it was a wheat beer. And come to think of it, I think it was the first kind of craft beer that I had, and it was everything I could um, imagine as what a best beer in a place like that would be and taste like. And for a while, I would uh, occasionally order them and get them shipped over when I was doing better early in in life. But yeah, they don't exist anymore. But Redback uh, Weed Ale was was an amazing life experience of a beer (laughs) at 18. That sounds good. We'll have to try and see if we can find one. You could recreate it. We could we could try. We don't need, yeah. They don't we exist could. anymore, but the recipe might be out there. We could, we'll look for it. I'll bet you it is. I saw a picture of the label. I looked it up just a couple of days ago, and so it's still a known quantity. As of like five years ago, it wasn't produced anymore. But all right, mission. Look it up, mission. I like beer, the Redback. That's right. So I like it. all right, so you've not only been around the world, but yes. you've been to the top of the world as well, and on several continents. I think people can kind of figure out from some of your answers. You keep talking about climbing. Yeah. You know what? We don't have time for that. What? Yeah. Okay. We don't have time for that right. this episode. We will yeah. continue yeah. around the world with I'll Producer s- Joe next week when we find out what, where, and why you climbed to the top of the world. That sounds good. Listeners, thanks for spending the hour with us. Make sure you share our podcast. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. We'd love to keep hearing Producer Joe's stories. But right now, we got to run. B double E double R U N, beer run. B double E double R U N, beer run. All we need is a 10 and a 5 or a car and a key and a sober driver. B double E double R U N, beer run.